Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Reeves is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Well, here we are again. Thanks for joining us for another week of the podcast on the candidates uh, space. Thanks to those that have uh, sent in uh, questions or comments um, asking us to follow stuff up. And I know that some of you like uh, the idea of engaging on the Facebook page, which has been great. So keep that up. Uh, we'd love to hear your questions and comments. Well, we have three very special guests in the studio today talking about being a Salvation Army officer. We have Lieutenant Colonel Ian Callender, uh, Major Peter Ellis and Major Heather Ellis. So welcome to each of you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, it is good to be here at short notice for some, which has been fantastic. Um, One of the things for this whole podcast thing is really to share what it's like to be a Salvation Army officer. And with your vast experience, today is going to be quite helpful in that. So to help to kick us off, might ask you, Ian, first just to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself little bit about your appointments through the journey, not all of them because we haven't got all day, but just <laughs> <Yep>. a little <laughs> bit and then uh, we'll, we'll, wait. we'll make our way around the table. So you go first. Uh, well, I was born in... Uh, no, we'll get it. <laughs> um, been a Salvation Army officer for 41 years, or 41st year now. Wow. Um, 20 of those years have been in core appointments, some divisional youth ministry, uh, training college, assistant principal for a few years, public relations. Uh, we did four years abroad in Eastern Europe as divisional leaders in a small country, and then for the past six years I've been at THQ uh, as Assistant Chief Secretary and then um, Secretary for Communications, now back in the Assistant Chief's office. Great. Peter? Well, we've been Corps officers uh, since the mid-90s, so just over 20 years, um, and in those 20 years, majority has been in Corps appointments. Um 15 or so, but we've had uh, a very exciting role at the training college as trainers. Mm. And um, that was that was something we didn't think about, but it was quite amazing being on the college, being part of the cadets training, which we thoroughly enjoyed. How long were you at the college for? About six years. Yeah, I think you left good. when we got there. Mm. Okay. I yes. Think that's... Y- yes, we did. And it's nothing personal. No. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I want you to know that I know. (laughs) What we enjoyed about it was just, um, I suppose, the college experience was something I really enjoyed Mm. coming from the country and it may as well be an interstate because, you know, Melbourne was so big and so new. But just journeying with cadets through the college experience was something that Heather and I quite enjoyed. We were first-year section officers back in those days, whatever that's called now. And um, it was just good to be a part of community. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Heather? Yes, so um, 20 years on, started with a new core plant in Adelaide. So that was a, an exciting thing to be a part of. Um, then the training college. And then we, we were sent to our hometown of Benella and we had 10 years there. So mm. that was a really So you came out of Benella to go to college? We came out okay. of Benella and so we were actually sent home. Yeah. And, um, 15 years later. Yeah, we had been gone from the core 15 years when we returned, but um, really good time. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Well, one of the questions that comes up 
a fair bit is what is it like being a Salvation Army officer? Everyone has a different view on it. Um, everybody's experiences into college or into ministry is different. And then whilst people are in ministry, it's different. So yeah. if someone was to ask you, what is it like being a Salvation Army officer? How would you describe that? Uh, I'd probably say it's it's varied. I mm. mean, it, I think it depends a bit on, on what your appointment is at the time. As, as core officers, you know, you, your time's your own. You've got to manage your own time, of course, and there are certain things you've got to do. You've got meetings to lead and admin to do and people to see and that sort mm. of stuff. Um, but you're really you're your own boss. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of responsibility in that because it would be easy to goof off and just, you know, take it easy and mm. for, for part of the week. But there's plenty to do, mm. but every day is different. And, and I think in the different appointments I've had, it's just been the same experience. Um, as a divisional leader in a, in a Eastern European country, that was... Oh, we'd wake up every morning and say, what's the surprise going to be today, you know? Um, so it was yep. it was exciting. Sometimes there's been a bit of mundaneness about it. Um, but I think I think if, if one word probably would, would be variety. Mm. But what's your, uh, if you look back on the 41 years, yeah. mm-hmm. this is a long time, by the way. It's a long time. <laughs> Before I was born, actually. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that. The 41 <laughs> years. What... What what appointment brought you the most amount of joy? Oh, without doubt, I think, as Penelope said, that the training college experience for me, but also the Eastern European mm. divisional leadership, that was just, that would be the, the standard highlight for us. Um, I never thought of myself as being a materialistic person, um, but to go to a country which is described as the poorest country in Europe and be a, you know, be joint divisional leaders, only, only Australians in the country, for, for most of the time. Um, a Salvation Army that had only been in existence for 15 years, um, a new army, no government support, no public support. All the money we had came from outside the country, but people's faith was raw and it was real and it was exciting and, and they were just switched on. Um, mm. You know, it was a tiny country, half the size of Tassie, but we had 18 core and most of the core ran their own social expressions. There was no no sort of um, social network like we have in Australia, mm-hmm. but all the core did their own social stuff and it was just great to see people, you know, pitch in and, and especially where they've come from. They, they were poor themselves, but they gave what they had to to assist the ministry and it was exciting. It was, it was quite, um, what's the word? It was very humbling. Mm. to be part of, and we've it just changed our t- entire worldview. Widows might. Absolutely. Mm. It just changed their worldview, and we came back different people, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thanks. What about you, Peter? What is it like being a Salvation Army officer? Well, I, I love it. Um, coming from <clears throat> a country town um, to become something that you never thought planned about in your in your. In what your, what your did youth. you do before you went into training? I used to sell life insurance. Right. Okay. Talk. <laughs> it was a lot all. of fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed yeah. being with people. Yeah. I think I'm energised by people, um, which is a bonus. Um, but I'm, I'm like Ian. I, I, the training college was a highlight for us, but also probably those 10 years of Benalla. Not just because of our hometown, although that was a bonus, because we sort of had that network that we mm. just reconnected into, but just being involved in things like the Benalla Saints footy club who were premiers in 2015, Golden Valley Footy League. Were you the chaplain there? Yeah. Sports chaplain, okay. And being invited into people's, into the, you know, the the training 
um, being a part of young people's lives mm. was such a privilege. And I just go in with my black T-shirt on with the red shield on and my shorts and try and do pre-season. <laughs> um, but opportunities like to be part of the RSL, to be part of the town in all sorts of guises, to to wear, to be, Heather and I are invited to be on a, a committee which was judging for the policeman of the year, police person of the year at Benalla. Um, to be, you're asked to do things which you just think, oh, how do we do that? But mm. yeah, you just do it. So would you describe officership as opportunities? Very much. The two words, and I learned these, um, can I say share a name? Mm. Um, when I was asked to be chaplain of the Banala Saints, I thought, oh, look, how do I do that? And I had a chat with Brendan Nottle, who I really look up to, chaplain of the Collingwood Pies, the oh, Magpies. You don't have to mention. Just thought I'd throw them. <laughs> um, and he, I said, are they still in the AFL? By the way, are they? Are. Oh, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and, and doing okay. Okay. Just had a wonderful decision to reappoint the Bucks <laughs> coach, which is good. Um, but Brendan said it's two things for him: to love and to serve. And that's been my, that's how I work. And I think that's how we've approached ministries: to love people, and that's a challenge sometimes. To love people and to serve them, and that looks like that looks lots mm-hmm. of different things. Here at headquarters, where I work now in the public relations department, I like to make cups of tea for our, my colleagues. Mm. I just love and serve. And it's it can look lot, lots of different things. And to bring hope, to bring hope. And Heather might want to share something about bringing some hope yesterday where we visited that lady. Oh, well, yesterday uh, we had the opportunity to go and do a prison visit. And um, I was just remindering, just reflecting as you asked the question, the two things that probably were uh, things that I never expected to find myself doing in the uh, as a core officer. One was running a thrift shop, being the manager of a thrift shop and uh, doing ER. And I found both of those things um, really fulfilling and rewarding, a lot of work but really liked that. And so meeting um, the clients in the ER and spending time chatting to them, getting to know them, I really like that as well. And so yesterday I was reminded of that as we went to the uh, visit a lady in prison and hearing her story. And she actually came into the core through the ER program, emergency relief program. And, um, uh, and through her life experiences and stuff. She's she's serving time now. But it was really nice just to sit with her yesterday and hear her story and, and what uh, she found from uh, coming into the ER program, wanting assistance from us, to stepping into the church and finding a people of faith, coming alongside her, loving her, supporting her, that she... Has, her life has gone from a, a life of hopelessness mm. to a hope-filled life. And so in the prison where she's still got many years to serve, there's hope in her spirit. Mm. And so that's been life-giving to her. I, I love to hear those stories. Mm. I love to hear people's stories mm. and I love to see um, people's lives touched and changed and transformed by the power mm. of God and loving community. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Mm. So you obviously had relationship or some connection with this lady. No. Right? Or is this, this is a new This is a new oh, lady, wow. yes. Yeah, we just asked to go and visit her. But she happens to, came in from Benalla. And um, and I, I found I'm very comfortable in that 
space. Like I really love to sit with people and hear their story. And and when I hear their journey, how God has is making a difference and the people in the church, that that energises me. Mm. So I really like that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> what's, what's one thing that... Um, oh, sorry, I'll start again. One, one of the questions that I often think about is the the balance between the responsibility you have for appointment plus your own life and um, like this whole, and it comes up quite a lot on the podcast around balance. Yeah. Now, I don't yeah. know whether balance yeah. even exists, to be honest. So, um, but what, what are some of the things, now obviously you've got your cross to bear because you go and watch Collingwood and all that sort of stuff. Um, you've got yours because you go and watch Hawthorne. <laughs> um, but what, what are some of the things you do outside of, not that you, I mean, as Salvation Army officers, that's who we are. We don't sort of take that cloak off and go and do something else. We are that is who we are. We're called to that. Yeah. What are some of the things that we do, like for kicks, just for for fun, um, to make sure that we stay sane in our responsibilities, but also in our just the fun factor, really. Oh, I try and pound the pavement a bit. Um, try and keep physically a health condition that makes that necessary. Mm. So, <coughs> excuse me. So um, I try and walk a fair bit. Um, we get out together and do coffees and stuff like that. Uh, spend time with our great grandchildren, who <laughs> some of you who you would know, some of them probably. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that keeps us sane. Um, does it? <laughs> yeah, it does. When it, whenever I give them to you, I think if I don't give them over, I'm going to go insane. <laughs> <laughs> no, we enjoy it, but we're always glad to give them back at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But well, sometimes we're glad to get them back. Yeah. So that's yeah. Yeah, look, there have been times, that, you know, in our perhaps in the last few years when, when Viv was a secretary of personnel mm. where we didn't have a laugh, you know, and it really was, you know, a very, for her particularly, an extremely busy lifestyle, um, you know, early to work, late finish, home, tea, in the office for a couple of hours, and that was like a six-day, seven-day, almost-a-week existence. Um, so you just get through those, and I try to support as much as I could, and... You know, my cooking isn't great, but I would perhaps take a bit more of the responsibility of some of the domestic things while she was flat out doing that. Um, but that's, you know, it's a season of life. Uh, it's not all the time in every appointment. You know, you, we can, you can balance together your ministry as a, as a married couple. Um, but, yeah, so those are some of the things I described before are some of the things that we just relax. We do movies occasionally, not too often, but occasionally. And, yeah, fall asleep in front of the TV. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> We're at that stage of we can do that quite comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a Tuesday. Don't tell him that. <laughs> uh, Peter and Heather, what about you? What do you do? Well, well you bake. Well, for me, <laughs> you know, my, I love to walk and I, I love to be outside. So um, I find whether that be a walk in the country or down by the beach, just I love to be outside walking somewhere. And also coffee. I like to go for coffee, but where I go matters. It needs to be a nice place, the surroundings, and the coffee needs to be good. Um, so We call that a coffee snob. Okay. Well, I must be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the venue is, is, is as important as the coffee. So yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think I was thinking as Heather was saying there, um, when we were on the college, on the training college, um, as first year section officers, you're, you're building community. You've got cadets come from across Australia and, you know, you want to help them settle and we still love show them around Melbourne, show them where you could go. 
But we used to check out coffee shops <laughs> because we'd be wanting to suss out a place that we could take our group to. And so we thought, well, we better just check it out. So we learned uh, this over... It's called research. <laughs> research, that's the word. <laughs> so we would research the place. <laughs> and that's important because some places you wouldn't go back to. Mm. Um, and that we wouldn't take our group to. But we've sort of... That's become part of what we do. We love it. Mm. And it's... Uh, coffee's more than just the coffee. The coffee shop is about lots of things. But we love that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's good. So a lot of people who are listening will be thinking about full-time ministry, so entering into training college. And I know there's lot, there's other avenues for that, but predominantly people sort of view officership at the beginning as residential training. Do you remember what it was like when you were coming to college um, and what you learned? I know, I know that it might, it's probably very different now that how we arrived, like not horse and cart and how we have to arrive in, <laughs> um, you know, all that sort of stuff. But what I guess for your own experience of, for people, not beyond the what you wear or what classes you do, but the idea of connectedness with your mm. session and and that sort of stuff. Do you, can someone talk about that a little bit? Mm. I'll kick it off. I mean, I, 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 we couldn't afford a horse and cart, so we walked. <laughs> um, I look, training was extremely different. We, we, we trained back in the mid-1970s, which is a gen, more than a generation ago for many of your listeners. Mm. Um and training was extremely different, extremely different. But the facilities in which we trained, uh, not the old college, the old, old college, um, you know, we wouldn't go to our rooms to relax because our room wasn't a relaxing place. It was two metres wide and, and four metres long with mm -hmm. no PowerPoint. So you didn't go there to watch TV or do anything. It just, you went there to sleep. That was it. So we mixed together. Um, and on, on that college premises, Wall of Single Cadets. The married cadets lived about uh, half a K up the road in a set of townhouses. But we just spent time together in our spare time. Um, and we built great relationships and relationships that are still very strong today. Um, I've got to say that I'm, I was the youngest in the session and I will be the last to retire. And Viv and I are the only ones left that are still active in our session. The rest have all retired. Um, so yeah, I, I, for me in those days, that was the only way, that was the only way to officership, residential mm. training. And there are a lot more different, um, opportunities to come to commission officership these days and a lot more opportunities to serve, but that was how it was for us. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. not, not discrediting any way. I'm just saying no, that no, no, from no, your experience, no, it'd be, it's no. helpful for people to sort of think beyond the, the classroom sort oh, of sure. stuff, but the, yeah. The yep. friendship, that sort of collegial yep. component of mm, officership. Yep. Yeah. Mm. All right. What were you like at college, Peter? I could imagine you... Well, before I don't before know. the days of GPS, is yeah. it? <laughs> what are they? <laughs> I just, I'm a Melways person. Um, yeah, look, we, we're sort of halfway between today and the 70s. We went through in the early 90s um, mm -hmm. at 303 uh, Raw Parade, which I loved. Uh, look, I'm... I, I just thought it was just a wonderful experience. They're two of the best years of my life. Um, for Heather and I, we'd been married 12 years. Um, we'd been in business. We'd paid our house off. Um, so we came with a little bit of life experience as I was in my early 30s. Um, but, yeah, we just had a great – I just think God blessed us because the group of people that we were a part of, I think there was a real special group of people 
And um, to be a herald of Jesus is just to know your session name. And you just find yourself when you go to college, uh, to Selbo things, you sort of gravitate to sessional mates. There's, as Ian said, there's a real special bond. Mm. And I was really encouraged um, when we we're on the college staff, which was the 2000s, so 10 years later, talking to a cadet, first year cadet, who had considered um, maybe doing studies outside, uh, like by by you know, appointment or whatever op- the Curtain options were then. Um, he said, I'm so glad I c- I'm a part of a session. And this is not to say nothing against that, but yeah, yeah. he just thought, I'm really enjoying being a part of a session and having that experience um, of, of being sort of the opportunity to focus on study and being uh, trained as, a, as an officer. He just found that a real bonus. Mm. Mm. Heather, do you, anything to add to that? No, I think um, I'm quite different to Peter. Um, for me, it was more about getting my assignments done. and um, oh, but, like, Same as me. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I like the social aspect to it, but it wasn't a high priority for me. Uh, it was more about keeping up and getting my work done. Yeah, mm. okay. <laughs> when you went to college, so you would have had a, they would have stood you under the flag at the core and um, did someone pull you aside and say, this is what officership is actually like? Um, or give you a little pearls of wisdom, because if they did, um, if you could recount that, that would be good. But also, I'd like to, you to pull someone aside now and give them some pearls of wisdom. What would you say to people who are in those stages of exploring ministry? Is officership for me? What is it really like? I don't know whether I can do it. Um, what would you say to them? Oh dear. I, th- I think. Would you no, say? No, oh dear. I wouldn't say. Oh dear. No, oh dear. What do you want to do that for? Uh, no, 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 no. We're a bit more positive than that. <laughs> I think I, for me, I've made it harder work than it needed to be. And if I had my time over again, going back, I would relax and enjoy the journey and not just not make it so intense. Just okay. relax a whole lot more and enjoy the experiences as I've encountered them. Yeah. Mm. Did, did you discover that later or earlier? Well, it was interesting because it was a word that came to me in college, as, you know, like, God, you know, relax and enjoy the journey, but it's taken me 20 years to get it. And I wished I had have learned it back there where it came to me. It would have made a, a big difference to how I um, managed the officership. Yeah, yeah. We were actually reminded two times at our commissioning in 94, Commissioner Clinch, we were the first session that he commissioned and he was nervous, which, which he honestly told us. And he said, relax, we'll do this together. And then we got to Golden Grove, which was the parent core of what we were going to be a part of at Greenwith. And Ron Clinch said, relax, <coughs> relax. And I, I've never forgotten that. So I'd agree with Heather. The other thing I've learned, and it, it takes oh, years to sometimes realise, is to realise that wherever you're sent, whether it's to a corps or to headquarters or, you know, there's so many options now as an officer, is that God's there. Uh, we've found in our, and particularly Benalla, God's at work. God's at work around the world. And he just invites us to come and be a part of what he's doing. And if you, if it, it takes sometimes, obviously I'm a bit slow learning that, to realise that God's at work. And we just are asked to be a part of what he does. And it's amazing if you can relax and just be a part of what he's doing. Probably say a couple of things. I'd, I'd probably say, you know, 
be yourself. I don't think anyone has ever said to me, oh, they may have. It's too far back to remember. Um, but, but be yourself. You know, don't be anything different than you are. God's created you as you are. Um, and he's created you for a purpose. Just come as you are and be yourself. Um, someone said to me early in officership, officership's not a marathon. Uh, sorry, officership isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. You're in it for the long haul. Pace yourself. Mm. Um, and he was pretty much saying, you know, don't kid yourself in the first five years, otherwise you're nice to anybody. Mm. You know, mm. balance, balance life and ministry. Try and get it right. And that's, that's a battle that, you know, we fight all the time, getting it right, mm. if ever we do. But it's, um, yeah, so it's important to sort of maintain time for yourself and time for your family so that you can spend the rest of the time in quality ministry for, for, mm. for God's people. Mm. So I think, you know, be yourself and, yeah, recognise yeah, it's, it's a, a long haul. It's a good, yeah, because you're after quality in all areas, yeah. not just in, you just want to have quality ministry and yeah. rubbish everything else. It has to be quality. Mm. Mm. And yeah. a big part of that is what Heather said is you just have to relax. Yeah. Just mm. take it for what it is, enjoy it as it comes. And as it goes. Mm. And I agree with Ian. That's something that I struggle with coming from, um, I, I grew up in the Methodist church as a kid. I don't play a brass instrument. I don't play guitar. I don't sing and dance. And I thought, what am I going to do? And I just felt very inadequate for being an officer. And you, Ian's right. It's just to know that God has called you, he called me, and the gifts that I've got, um, and I'm still discovering that, but to, to be okay about who you are, that's really important. Mm, mm. And to know that you are unique and God's got a plan for everyone. He's got a mm. plan for you and he's got a plan for me. And as, as Ian just reminded me, that's so powerful to know that he can use me. Yeah. It's interesting. In episode two of the podcast, we talked to a bunch of mums uh, because there was stuff coming through to us that, you know, people who had been out of work for a while or who had worked in childcare or worked in, had this really uh, deep-rooted thought that God doesn't call people like that, which is really quite sad. Um, and we, we got some people in to talk about it, that, you know, God calls us from all sorts of things, mm. you know, life insurance mm. or what, whatever, um, yeah. <coughs> school, I suppose, mm. you know, like there's, calls us from everything, not because um, of necessarily what we're going to bring in that first five minutes, but yep. what he will do over a sustained period of time yep. through a life that is actually obedient yep. and humble and ready to, to love and to serve. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'd agree. When, so not a, not every appointment's brilliant. I don't, you may agree with that or not. You don't need to. But some appointments, they bring a lot more energy and they seem to have a lot more focus. And there are other appointments that, you sort of think, oh, okay, oh, I'm happy to serve, you know, love and serve, mm. which mm. is a good mantra. But what what gets you through, regardless of, because I don't think appointments defines us, our personal happiness, mm. you know. But what what are what is it? Is it is it verses of scripture that you have had for a long time that continue to sustain you now, or is it um, is it new stuff that pops up, you know, from time to time? What what is it that sustains you through those really good? vibrant days and those other days where you think I'm, I'm sort of a, I'm striking a two out of 10 here. Um, but that, but our, our calling isn't related to that score, if that makes sense. Mm. What, what, what do you do? 
the verses? Oh, for, for me, it's it's a, a strong sense of calling that this is what God's called me to. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the reminder that, you know, God's promised to be with me and mm-hmm. he will never leave me, never forsake me. And, and um, that his grace is sufficient for me. Um, and when I feel inadequate, I think, oh, what am I doing here? You know, probably one appointment more than the others, I felt that. And that was an appointment, my first appointment to THQ, where I was put in as an assistant head of department in a department I knew nothing about. And I was expected to be a subject matter expert on two fronts. And I thought, what am I doing here? Strap yourselves in, folks. (laughs) And it was sort of in those days, you know, when... Unfortunately, I suppose they gave me the point because I thought, well, this is the next step up the ladder. And I think, I don't care about the ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been much, <clears throat> sorry, much wiser perhaps to put me in the department at base level and give me some experience. And, and I would have felt comfortable with that and, and much easier. Mm. But so I was just out of my depth uh, for a couple of years and did the best I could. And I think, you know, made a reasonable fist of it. But that was my worst experience. Um but even even in that, um, saw that God was with me and and found avenues of service to people in the department and outside the department as well. I think it was Jim Nags, Commissioner Jim Nags, who said a big part of it's just showing up. You know, like yeah. <laughs> good days, bad days. You're halfway there if you just show up. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. What about you, Peter? For me, um, a verse that's always been strong for me. Um, Jeff Bullock wrote in my diary back at our first Hillsong back in 95. He wrote Ephesians 3, 20, 21, which is uh, God is going to do more than you asked or imagined and in the church and through through us, through his people. And that's always been something strong for me that God just does some amazing stuff. And I think it's realising that God is at work and that he can do some amazing things. And that Ephesians passage is very strong for me. Um, but it's like Ian, sometimes uh, in between going to the training, co- from the training college to Benalla, we were in Perth for 12 months, which was a real challenge. I was out of my depth. I was in an office which didn't even have any windows. I couldn't even look out the window. And um, it was, I used to say, can I go and do the mail just to get out <laughs> of the desk? <laughs> and, but we felt very, I learned some things there that we took to Benalla. You know, even though it wasn't a real flash year, it was a year where I still learned something, like Ian mm. uh, shared. And um, going to Benalla, I took some of the experiences that I'd learned in Perth, mm. which really helped in our officership at the Benalla Corps. So, yeah, there's some challenging times. But I think, as Jim said, turning up. It's just turning up is a very, that's wise. Yeah. It's not easy sometimes. Well, you learn from the good experiences and you learn from the difficult experiences. We're always learning. I guess that's mm. what you're reiterating. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. What about you, Heather? Yeah. Um, my my um, sense of calling was mm. is very strong and I that has sustained me. I've gone back to that over the years and... Um, Part of part of my calling to full time ministry, God took me to a place to learn um, the word trust, to trust Him, and I am 
needing to do that to this very day, still needing to trust God in, in, uh, in my life for this day and for what's to come. We sang a song in our chapel service this morning, which was, What a Faithful God Have I. And so seeing God's faithfulness to me, his hand, his leading, his um, involvement in my life, knowing what I know, I know he's there with me now and he will be there with me going forward. So that is a huge strength for me. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, any other thoughts before we close? Any comments you'd like to make to people listening or something you'd like to build on that you've already said? If I had it to do over again, mm. would I do it again? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't yeah. choose it for myself. No. Yeah. But God has been far beyond more than I could have ever hoped or imagined or thought, yeah, yeah. And, and I wouldn't have missed those experiences mm. for the world. So, mm. And it, for me, yeah, too, the same thing. I wouldn't change a thing. It's been scary, um, but that's part of the fun. It's yeah. stepping off the edge and knowing that God's there waiting with his hand like, <laughs> like the eagle. That's mm. such, such a true thing. Um, and to see that lady yesterday in the prison, the smile on her face, I watched Heather and her as I was getting the coffee and I just watched them from a distance. And just seeing the smile and hope in this lady's face, just because Heather's there talking to her and she was holding, just they had their hands across the table, they were just facing each other across the table. And um, just to bring hope in a mm. place where there was no hope, mm-hmm. that just is just something that just spurs you on, Yeah, that we can bring hope thanks to what uh, we're called to do. Yeah, okay. And hopefully we can make a difference. Yes, yeah. yeah. And and look, it's an exciting time for the Army. Mm. You know, we, we offer the uh, Commissioner Tid talks about, you know, one plus one is new and there's new opportunities. And, and that's really part of this whole discussion is yeah. that the possibilities are kind of limited to what we think. And But it's not, mm. it's not up to us. You know, we don't call ourselves to ministry. God mm. calls us. Yeah. And we just ask people to be respond, faithful. Yeah. Uh, and respond and to trust. Trust. Yeah. So, uh, Ian, Peter, Heather, thank you so much Thanks, for joining mate. us. If you've got any uh, questions or comments, hit us up on the Facebook page. We'd love to uh, continue the chat. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Matt. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us for more about officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?